is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to G. Cobb in the House. I'm Micah Warren, along with our buddy G. Cobb. How you doing tonight, G.? Doing great, doing great. Um... Uh, Donovan's on the uh, NFL Network uh, uh, talking. You know, he was on uh, ESPN earlier, so uh, I didn't get the chance to see that, you know, but um, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, and, and I, this is kind of the first, I wanted to bring this up quick to get started, because uh, you posted something today on gcob.com uh, that I thought was intriguing. Not so much what, what the news that you relayed, but the way people reacted to it. Now, you know when Donovan's talking, you mentioned Donovan now, when he, regardless of what he says, there's going to be a problem with it. He's not a leader. He's not a winner. How could he say that? Blah, blah, blah. Now, our other buddy, Mr. Iverson, missed another game because his, his child was sick. And as you noted on the site, this is, this is not a new excuse for him. But if you look at the article you wrote, the first thing is two people jump to his defense. Hey, hey, maybe his kids are sick. If Donovan did that, are you kidding me? Oh, a leader doesn't stay home with his kids. Well, what kind of leader is that? It's just so funny in this town, and you would talk even about – the difference between how pro sports are reacting to in Philly versus college sports. Well, this is kind of even how they react to their athletes is different. Iverson, it seems, no matter how bad his behavior, somebody will make an excuse for him. I mean, well, think Tom, about it. You know, uh, you know and I, I don't know uh, whether his, uh, his child is sick or not, but the thing about it is uh, he's got a job to do. And unless the child is very, very ill, you know, what is his child's, you know, if his child's got the, uh, well, for that matter, it might have the flu or, I mean, you know, kids get sick. Who takes off because the kids, uh, when the kids are sick? Come on. Unless the child's at the hospital or something very serious, you know. Um, you know, but yet, you know, uh, now, the thing I hope is that, um, and I don't hope necessarily where I'm hoping that his child is sick, uh, but I hope that he's not pulling everybody's leg because, this used to be a thing with Alan with the, his, his, his kids getting sick, you know. he say, Deuce is sick. Well, it, it, was, it was always something, though. That was the thing, G. It was always something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that his kids were sick. It was he didn't make it to the charity event because, oh, there was traffic. Yeah. It's always something. And you know what? I admit it. Early on, I was one of those people. I defended him. Oh, he tore his wife out of the house. He didn't really do this. But, God, this stuff adds up and how much evidence it's just. It's like, all right, maybe, like you said, maybe his kid is sick, but is he really sick, or is it it's just always this kind of an excuse? And, you know, I guess it matters less because they stink so bad. You know, before they were, you know, a playoff contender, it was a, Yeah, I really uh, think it's a point, yeah, where nobody really cares. Um, <laughs> but um, with Allen, though, uh, this had, you know, like I said, this has been a, 
this has been one of his moves before is that, you know, let's say he, you know, he got caught up in something and he didn't get home one night or whatever. You know, he talk about, you know, when, when his kids are sick, you know, that's it's, what would be the uh, thing. Now, I hope that's not the case. Sure. But, no, but yeah, I surely can't guarantee it. And, uh, you know, to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, it's kind of amazing that, you know, people would give him the benefit of the doubt, but as you said, you know they wouldn't give Donovan that benefit. Now, and I want to know, too, what you thought about his comments today, because uh, I was reading, uh, I think it was one of the writers on PFT that was going off about um, Donovan, his comments about Vic and saying, no, I hope he has a chance to go somewhere else and be a starter, and that now that he's just saying this because he wants Vic out of town because he was threatened from the beginning, Gee, did you ever get the sense that Donovan was threatened? The people I talked to said unequivocally, if he did not request for Vic to be here, not saying that he's the one that got him here, but he was the one that brought it up initially. Do you think yeah. he was part of that, or do you think he's really been threatened by him? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I was kind of doing two things at one time. But I, I think yeah. that, um, you know, Donovan was the one that initiated with Andy Reid. And see, this is where people don't want to realize that, the relationship between Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb is, is something very special because uh, the truth of it is that, you know, uh, Andy, I mean, Donovan was talking to Andy about this for a while. And right. the fact that he would go to Andy and Andy would listen to him, come on. How many, how many uh, quarterbacks in the league have that kind of a relationship where the coach is going to bring in a guy like, like uh, Michael Vick, especially in the situation he was in. Remember, he was radioactive when oh, he yeah. brought him in. And the organization did that, and the thing of it, that they would do it because uh, Donovan McNabb, or at least partially because, Donovan McNabb requested it. So that's why people that want to say that McNabb is out of here have got to slow down and think about the relationship between Reed and McNabb. It's a strong relationship. <laughs> right, and I just can't imagine Donovan wanting someone that he really thought. I can't imagine him lobbying for Vic, they bring in Vic, and now according to everybody in the national media, oh, he never wanted him, he was, he was threatened by him. I don't think yeah, that's see, right. See, that, see, that's, see, that's where you get, come on, Donovan was the one that helped get him here. That's what I'm saying. It's absolutely ridiculous yeah. that he would be threatened by it. He wasn't worried. Are you kidding me? No, he was not, re he was not worried at all about, uh, about Michael Vick. And really, I, I'm telling you, I don't think he's worried about this year either. I, you know, the more I think about it, you know, is, is Andy going to look Donovan right in the face and just lie, lie to him? Come on. I mean, I, you know, I don't think that's and, the and the thing, and, that's, and people need to think, hey, he, one of the reasons he brought Vic here was because of McNabb's request, you know. And he was yeah. doing it as a favor uh, in, in talking to Donovan. This was somewhat of a favor for Vic. That's how I always friend, took it. And, you know. That's how I always took it, was that he was he, yeah. you know, reaching out to a guy he considered a friend to try and get him back in the league and help him out. Yeah. And now yeah, he's just saying he thinks, what, you know, he can go. I'm sorry? Yeah. That's basically what uh, McNabb said it was, you know. And now he looks like he sounds like a guy who's hoping he gets a chance to go start somewhere else, which would be completely in line with the theory that he was doing it to help a friend. I mm -hmm. already got him in here. Now it's time for him to go elsewhere and be a starter. You know, it makes perfect sense. Even if they kept Vic, he's not starting I mean, here. They, I mean, Vic has come right out and says he wants to go somewhere and play. Yeah. No, if, if, uh, uh, <laughs> You know, if uh, one of the guy's friends comes out and says, yeah, I hope he gets his wish, what has that got to do? You know, I mean, he didn't initiate it. Or he said, you know what, 
I, I hope he doesn't go anywhere else. We need him to stay here and back me up. You know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and they would say, oh, what kind of leader is that? You know, yeah. oh, it, it's honestly, it, it's painful to even, to even read uh, the analysis of what, of what McNabb says anymore. Uh, it's just, it's so ridiculous that just no matter what he says, they're going to they're gonna kill him. And then this, this stuff this week, G, about uh, Mike Lombardi had a report that, well, now the Eagles are keeping Vic. What a load of crap. I mean, how do some of these guys not know they're being fed this information for a reason? Well, I, mean, I, think, I think that, um, you know, I think that Michael Lombardi is very aware of, what, of what's going on. Uh, I think that whoever told him that was saying, look, we don't get what we want. We're going to hang on to Vic, you know. And I, I don't believe it. I, I don't see. I don't, how, think, I don't think it makes sense. He's making too much money as a backup. I don't see them doing that. And uh, I, I don't see what I don't know what they told Mike Lombardi to convince him that they would hang on to a guy that's making five million dollars. Come on, the Eagles right. don't do that. Right. No. And and you pointed out a report this week too. It was from Lombardi also, he made a good point. McNabb kind of controls his fate. Um, yeah. Anybody that's going to trade what the Eagles are going to want for a franchise quarterback, what any team would want for a franchise quarterback, that team is going to have to know he can sign, they can sign him to a multi-year deal. Exactly. Well, if Donovan doesn't want to go spend his next five years in Buffalo, he ain't going to Buffalo. Because Buffalo's right. going to say, or, or whoever's going to say, well, I'll give you a fifth rounder, I'll give you a fourth for one year, and then he leaves. I'm renting a player for a year. And I don't think whatever they'd offer for him for a year is worth it to the Eagles to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 I, and as I look at it more and more, to me, uh, I know that, um, you know, Andy Reid is accused of not having the weapons here for Donovan during a lot of these years. And I think that's true, that he didn't have the weapons. But I don't think he, doesn't ha- he didn't have them here because he didn't try to have them here. I think, you know, they, they, they may have had a big mess with the uh, Freddie Mitchell thing. It was a big mess. Uh, you know, if they got yeah. that right with the with here, you know, they are using a number one pick on a wide receiver. You know, you get that pick right, and rather than that, you got either uh, Jackson or Macklin. You know, then that changes things around. So, uh, I, I think that um, that this next year, that going out getting the weapons and all that, I think this is Andy more Andy Reid and his relationships uh, with McNabb. So, um, you know, I I, I think they uh, a lot of people take that relationship for granted. And uh, as I see it, uh, clearly it, it carries a lot of weight, that relationship that they have. Look, um, you know, I was told by some people that, that it wasn't just Reed that sat down McNabb. I heard Reed was fighting not to sit McNabb down in the, in the Baltimore game. Really? I heard, that, I heard that that came from up top. Now, some people say, oh, that's garbage. Well, why would a team like the Eagles give McNabb an extra five, six million dollars during the off season. They've already got him signed on a contract. Quite honestly, it made no sense at all. Last year, they gave him that money during the off season. The only thing that made sense was it was apology money because they had meddled with uh, Reed and forced him to take McDab out of the game, that Baltimore game. I mean, it, it sounds crazy. <laughs> it's really not, though, G. If you look, I mean, do you think it was Jim Caldwell's idea to sit those guys for the Colts this year? No, no, it came from over there, you know, and uh, your boss, I mean, uh, you know, I've known him, if you work somewhere, uh, you know, if your boss tells you to do something, you go and do it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the way it goes. I had not heard that, that, that uh, the McNabb Benching came from above, but I'm not necessarily surprised. Cause the fun yeah, and I, be... I've heard it from some people, I mean, there are people close 
in the organization. Now, I couldn't really, you know, um, support it with other people. Uh, you know, I basically got this one solid source there, and it was around the scene and everything. And, and some of the players said, you know, it was an unusual way things were done. Kevin Cobb was told he was starting on the way, I mean, he was going to play on the way out of the locker room. You figured they would have told him, when, you know, right at the start of the half. No, they told him at the end of the half. So, right. Yeah, and, you know, that, that kind of decision makes sense because that's not uh, go to the veteran uh, Dave Craig or uh, Steve DeBerg. They want to know where their money is. Let's see yeah. what the kid can do. Yeah. Because we've so, got to find out about the kid. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how things, uh, you know, eventually, you know, work out and everything. Uh, but I kind of think five is going to be here another year, and um, we'll see what happens after that. But um, that relationship, as I said, the relationship between Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb is a lot stronger, I think, than people uh, than people think. I agree, and if people want evidence, go try and name another quarterback tandem that's been together this long, even even the past 25, 30 years. It's very rare. Uh, we got to go to break. When we come back, obviously more football stuff. We're going to get into some baseball stuff, too. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Days, capital thinking takes policy, politics, law, and what happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
you're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Hi, welcome back, everybody. This is G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with G Cobb, and we got to get. We're going to talk some baseball. I got a guest on here, Ben Pavlovic, from a website called RotoKeeper.com, which he just started. And this isn't just like your normal fantasy website. This is for like the serious nerds that play three, four-year contracts, that kind of stuff. So, RotoKeeper.com, if you want to check out uh, what he's going to be doing as we get closer with pitchers and catchers reporting and spring training. Kind of getting excited for baseball, especially the way football ended around here. Uh, ben, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no worries. No worries. Uh, thanks for joining us. And I was kind of mentioned this before. I was watching that it looks like the uh, start in the AL West. Uh, the Mariners uh, looks like they added Bedard, Eric Bedard, for like one and a half million, which is next to nothing. Right. Uh, he's probably going to miss the first two months of the season that we know. He's not a super stud, but good strikeout pitcher. To go with he's had, his, he's had his what? moments. He's definitely had his moments, but it's uh, it's really zero risk for them to try him out there. I mean, for a million and a half, why not? Right. But uh, right, it's, 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 that, it's uh it's next to nothing, and you get you add that to Cliff Lee and, and King Felix, who they tied up. They take Sean Figgins from the the uh, Anaheim Angels. They lose Vladdy, whatever. Vladdy's kind of broken down, and, and it hurts me to watch him run. They lose Lackey. Do you yeah. think? You think this is the Mariners' division to take? Uh, i got to be honest. I think it's up in the air right now. Anything could happen. Uh, the Angels, a lot of people don't like some of the moves they made, but they finally opened up a spot for Brandon Wood. The guy's been a top prospect for about four or five years now. He's finally going to get a full-time shot. Uh, they got a nice middle infield with this tourist, Kendrick, and Ibar. Uh, and then the Cuban sensation, Kendry Morales. I mean, the guy hit about 35 home runs last year. They've, you know, they don't, I don't know if they necessarily need Guerrero right now. Uh, maybe they don't, because uh, I don't know that he was giving them a ton. But I look more at the fact that you lose Sean Figgins to a division rival. You lose Lackey, who's your ace. That's got to hurt. I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting Oakland to contend. Anything from Texas, you think? No, back to Angels really quick. I mean, don't forget they also picked up Matsui, who hit about 28 home runs for the Yankees last year. So he's going to, you know, I mean, that's more than Guerrero did last year. But Guerrero could barely even run down to first base. So he's really, uh, he was kind of hurting them all around, I think. It's been a while since he's looked healthy running. It just looks painful when you watch him. Yeah, it does. You're right. You're right. And I wondered actually how he continued to hit so well with bad legs. I mean, that's where it all starts. But so you 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 don't you you can't put the Mariners in first right now. No, I can't. I just say I'll put them ahead of Oakland. How's that? <laughs> but I mean, even you know, back to to Anaheim, their pitching staff. They lost Lackey. But they've got Santana kind of rebounding now after a big injury. Uh, right. They can get a full season and get what they got back in 2008. Uh, they got Casimir. They picked him up late in the year. He's sort of, uh, you know, a lot of control issues. But still, I mean, he was a prized prospect for a long time. Let's see what he can do. And then uh, Pinheiro was the other one. They picked up Pinheiro. I think they signed him to a two-year deal. And he's, he's an innings eater. He's not going to go and win a Cy Young Award. But, you know, he gets batters out. No, I hear you. I hear you. And we'll see what happens there because I'm kind of – I'm kind of high on the Mariners right now. Let's see if you know, during the season, if I'm right, if they're the basement, we'll forget that I ever mentioned it, and I'll deny it. Um, hey, if you're coming with Felix Fernandez and Cliff Lee, you're gonna you're gonna compete. That's for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Bedard is kind of whatever you get out, get out of him, you get out of him. And yeah. the, other thing, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the NL East. Now, the Phillies, I think, are the clear favorite. They're a phenomenal team. They certainly, you know, in, in Philly getting to follow. They're a lot of fun to watch and a lot of fun to follow. It's fun to watch that uh, list, I agree. Any chance, the Mets are automatically going to be better just because they're going to get healthier. Uh, Johan Santana claims he'll be ready for opening day. We don't know that. You look at the, the, the Braves' rotation, they got a pretty nice rotation, uh, especially if they get a good season out of Derek Lowe. Do you see any way uh, any of these teams can compete with Philly in this division? Uh, I, I really think the Mets have a chance. and I mean, I've, everybody says that every single year. The Mets look great on paper. But if those guys are healthy, if Beltran's healthy, if Reyes is healthy at the top of the order, and if David Wright hits more than eight home runs, I mean, they've got a very nice lineup. But if, you know, if those guys, if Beltran, I mean, he's aging, but he's, you know, he's not that old. He's not like 35 or 36. He's still in early 30s, I believe. Uh, if, he's, if they can get a full season from him and Reyes, that's, that's a nice order right there. See, I happen to agree, and everyone wants to count the Mets out, especially Gino right out here in Philly. Everyone wants to rag on the Mets. they got very good players, and when they get healthy, they're going to be pretty good. Gee, do you see any way that, that the Phillies lose this division this year? Uh, no, not really, because uh, I, I just think that um, they're so solid. Of course, it does come down to pitching, uh, but I, you know, I think they're solid there. I think we can expect a rebound from Cole Hamels that he'll be back to the way he was a couple years ago, and uh, I think he's uh, matured, uh, and as long as they get the pitching, uh, you know, of course, the bullpen is something that could still be somewhat of a question mark. But you know, they got the the best, if not one of the best, if not the best lineup in baseball, and uh, they got good starting pitching, mm-hmm. and uh, they got a, a good bullpen that you know uh, has some question marks about it. But I don't see any of the other teams. I don't. I don't think they're even close. You know, I, I think the Mets have. You know, if, uh, you know they, they open some distance between them and the Mets and the rest of those teams. Come on. Uh, you know, Atlanta might do some things early on, but uh, they just can't stay with the team. I mean, the, the Phillies are too good, I think. They are pretty stacked. And, gee, it's kind of excited to say I'm, I'm excited to say that because for years <laughs> we couldn't even pretend to say that. Um, but I, I definitely think the Mets are going to be better. Ben, any chance? Uh, the Marlins surprised some people. They got some, you know, Josh Johnson. They got Hanley Ramirez, who I'm a huge fan of. I don't know how you can't be. Any chance the Marlins make a little push? You know, they're a fun team to watch. They're very young. Um, Johnson, like you said, he's definitely one of those pitchers that looks to be one of the better starters in baseball right now. Um, he's coming off after Tommy John surgery two years ago. Last year he came back and threw 200 innings. So that was a, a definitely a very big step for him. But uh, to be honest, I just... Uh, they're definitely a fun team to watch, but I don't think they can compete with Philly. Not this year. Yeah, the, Philly, the Phillies did get a lot better, and, and I think G mentioned the, the linchpin to their success. I think they're going to be good and, and a playoff team regardless. But I think the difference between them being a contender, or let's say a playoff team and a legit contender, is Cole Hamels. He's absolutely the answer. And is he going to be the 2008 Cole Hamels? Is he going to be the 2009 Cole Hamels that was inconsistent? I'm not even going to say he was terrible because he wasn't. But he was very inconsistent when you considered you're expecting him to be an ace. So the answer, on my guess, is probably somewhere in between. Now, Ben, you're out in Chicago. Uh, we obviously have been immersed with Cole Hamels here all the time in, in the Philly area. What is your take outside? Is Hamels going to bounce back, or is he more like the guy, the inconsistent guy we saw last year? You know, it's a tough one because he really had a bad season. There's no way around it. It wasn't like he was up and down. He was really just bad. And he had a few good starts. 
Okay, a few, but to come off a season like he had prior to that and then to turn into a, I mean, honestly, he was probably a below-average pitcher last year. Um, I, I don't know what to look for. I mean, it's hard. I, I know he's better than that. Yeah, no, I, I think he's better than that, too. And now the other question is, uh, one of G's favorite players, uh, speaking of what are we going to get, is Mr. Lidge. Now, G, do you think, uh, he's coming out, of course, talking about, oh, I was hurt last year, I didn't tell anybody, which, yeah, thanks, Brad, for that, because you keep blowing saves, but you're a gamer because you're hurt. Um, Lidge was perfect in 08. He was, you think Cole Hamels had a disappointing 09. Lidge was awful, absolutely awful. What's as close as the Lidge they're going to get? Because, G, you mentioned the bullpen. That's, that's an important part of this. If you're blowing saves, it's tough to get through a season. Even with this lineup, do you think the Lidge they're going to get is closer to the 2008 or the 2009 Lidge? I think he'll be closer to the 2008. Um, you know, if, if he had all the injuries, you know, um, I, I think that uh, as long as he get, he's getting ahead of people, uh, that's the big thing with him. If he's able to get ahead of hitters, then uh, it's very tough to, to lay off that, uh, that sinker. So uh, I, I think that uh, he'll he probably will have a rebound. You know, he's not going to have a perfect year, but they, they really don't need him to have a perfect year. You know, they just need him to to be good. And I think he's capable and will probably be good for them. So um, I'll say that, uh, that that Lidge will be back. You know, he's not going to be – he's not going to have a perfect year, but I, I think he'll be back, you know, one of the better relievers that uh, – that, uh, better closers they have in the league. I, I think he can get back to that. I hope you're right, and, and then keeping Carlos Ruiz helps a lot because he's a very good defensive catcher, and Lidge, as we know, he injures the brain once in a while. You guess he loses some confidence, and if he loses confidence in that slider and his fastball, he's a, he's a t-ball machine. Um, he, needs to, he needs to know that if he throws that slider and it goes in the dirt, it, it's all right, you know, Chooch has got it, which he does. Now, Ben, are you thinking Lidge is, <laughs> you're a fantasy guy, would you draft him in your fantasy league and be excited about it? I would uh, he's the kind of guy that's, you know, he's definitely moved down about five rounds from from prior years. Um, obviously has the strikeout potential, and he's on a, a very good team with an opportunity to get many saves, but there's no reason to gamble on him in fantasy sports when you can get guys like Papelbon, Rivera, uh, Broxton. It's just, it's, you know, he's a nice late-round flyer at this point. He should definitely be drafted in every league, right. but uh, I wouldn't want to call him my number one closer. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm curious how far does... Uh, I mean, if he starts out slow, when do you when do you sort of pull the plug and move to Madsen? When do you give Madsen or maybe Baez one of those guys a shot? How long do you let Lidge go if he doesn't rebound? Gee, we were talking about this what in June, July last year. How long yeah, do you well, you know, that, this is the kind of thing where you know it can it can get to be a, a you know a, a problem, and hopefully they don't have, they don't go through that. But uh, I think that um, you know they should have enough arms out there where they can say, well, you know. We're going to shut you down and, and, and not have to stay with him as long. And, uh, of course, they'll probably, because of what he said about hiding the injury, they'll a little bit, be a little bit more circumspect uh, to ask him some tough questions if he's not going right. And, and they'll uh, be able to look at him and, and say, hey, you know, you lied to us before. Uh, we're not going to let you do it this time. You know, so. Yeah, and, and to answer that question too, Ben, just because in watching him last year, it's not like well, – it would, all of this would have been solved if Madsen could close. He can't. I don't know what it is that Madsen can't close. He came in, he tried to do it, and it just didn't go well. But, uh, look, we've got to take a break. Ben Pavlovic from rotokeeper.com. I want to thank you for coming on. 
And uh, we'll be having you on more as we get closer to the baseball season. You can keep us posted on that. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be right back here on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports hey football fans are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the buffalo bills and the national football league are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football instead of answering your questions they prefer to listen to themselves and when they don't like what you're saying they just cut you off well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. It's all about action. Touchdown! Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball, the glass. football, Come on. golf, racing, or the Olympics, we've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. To the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back, everybody, on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with G Cobb. And we are joined by... Cobb.com. Bob Cunningham. Bob, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, Bob? Not a whole lot. How are you guys? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, so this is the first time we had a chance to talk to you since the uh, Eagles' memorable season ending. You know, yeah. personally, you look at the team, and I know a lot of people are blaming Donovan and their uh, quarterback play and this and Cobb and whatever. To me, I, I watched the team – that, you know how they say there's a certain point sometimes you just got to man up and beat the guy in front of you. I, I was seeing a team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that couldn't do it if they tried. I saw a team on defense that was thoroughly outmanned. And when you get, when you get a lesson taught to you like they did to the Cowboys, two weeks in a row, absolutely clear who the better team is, to me a lot of things went wrong. 
what were you seeing, Bob? What, what went wrong to you uh, with this Eagles team? Well, I'll tell you uh, where it all started. It was Jamal Jackson going down. Uh, that was huge mm-hmm. for them. And you could see as soon as it happened, it started in the second half of that Denver game. Uh, McNabb uh, led them down the field, and that was good. Uh, but that was really the only bright spot of that second half. They should have lost that game. Were it not for an incredible catch by Macklin, they would have lost that game. It started mm-hmm. with uh, it started with Jackson. Cole is clearly not a starting center, in my opinion. Uh, and yet, yeah, the, the defense was just you know obliterated by injuries in a linebacking corps. Uh, you know, Trotter. Real, I'm not sure he has any business start in the NFL anymore. Although he did an admirable job. Uh, I think they're just they're missing left end, especially they're just missing a guy here or there on defense, and it really hurt him. Yeah, I just I don't know if that has something to do with the physicality. I mean, because I, I can't. It's tough for me to blame Bro, uh, Bunkley and Patterson. When just a year before we were talking about how they just owned the inside of that Giants line, obviously when they were going for their fourth downs and they just got stuffed. So I, I think I tend to agree with you. It's more about giving Trent Cole some help. Decimated by injuries for sure. Uh, but linebacker, I mean, do either one of you guys think this is the year they finally address linebacker in the, in the first round? I mean, horrific linebacking play. They were bad, you know. Uh, the, the the thing happened was uh, Stuart Bradley going down. That really was the killer. Uh, Stuart has got size and he's got the ability to run with backs. He can run with tight ends, and he's a unique guy to have in there. Uh, and you know he's very comparable to you know a few other guys in the league. And those guys are hard to hard to find. Somebody that can run with a tight end uh, and cover a running back, and then as well step up and take on a 330 pounder coming at you. You know, that, that takes a lot. That takes a guy with some versatility, and that's the thing that um, Stuart Bradley brings to the table. Plus, uh, from what I understand, he knows the defense very well, so he's the, uh, the guy that you would like calling the defenses, and it's just ironic he does. So he's very valuable to him. If they have him back, uh, that's going to shake some things up. Yeah, and, Bob, now i ask you, too. Um, if you're looking at the linebackers this offseason, Obviously, Bradley will come back. You don't know what you're going to get, obviously, coming up a knee injury like that. Um, I like Will Witherspoon. I think he could play. Other than that, do you guarantee anybody, any of these linebackers, a roster spot? Well, I agree. I think Will Witherspoon, he's mainly a nickel linebacker. He plays against pass coverage. Uh, I look at some of the other guys. I don't know that they fit. I mean, I don't know. You know, if you, you didn't feel like putting in Joe Mays last year, when are you ever going to feel like putting him in? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I look at that. Um, Boku. Uh, I, you know, I think Akeem Jordan, he'll be back, that he, could, he, could, he needs to get better. But um, I think the injury, it was hard for him to play with the injury, something he's going to have to learn if he's going to be an NFL player that long. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, Gokong I think Chris Gokong. I want to know gone. what you guys think. Why won't they try Gokong at end, considering the hole they have at end? Yeah, well, uh, they could think that, but I, I don't think that. I think he's gone. Uh, you're going to see um, – Morris's uh, Foku will be the uh, Sam linebacker. You know, I think he plays it better than uh, Chris, and he's uh, you know Chris just that that just wasn't his position. It was a bad, a bad decision. You know, a bad adjustment. He just not he's not he's not a Sam linebacker. So no, I think they have a lot of guys that aren't even linebackers. I mean, it was I know like you said the injury. I know they got decimated, but boy, <laughs> they were. They're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Now, Bob, what do you think about the safety play? Are you of the theory that Quentin Michael had had a tough time because he was playing 
opposite someone, insert anyone's name that played across from him, that were so bad and so lost that he was trying to do two jobs and couldn't do one, or you think he had a bad year? What, what do you think on the safeties right now? Yeah, I think it was uh, a lot of him. He was worried about the guy next to him. Like you said, it didn't matter who it was. He Half of his uh, pre-snap, uh, you know, getting ready for the play, was worrying about, you know, am I going to have to cover for this guy next to me? And it took away from what he should be able to do uh, as that strong safety. Now, I do think, uh, I don't think Quentin Demps is a starter. I don't think Macho Harris is a starter. Uh, now, Sean Jones is probably gone because he's only on a one-year deal. But I think with, a, with an offseason to be the starter, to prepare, to know the defense, you'd see a whole lot better play out of him. But I'm not, I, I don't think I would uh, cause an uproar if they just let him walk. Here's a question for you guys that I was thinking about. It's been brought up before. Uh, I don't know that they're going to do it. If they can't find somebody to really take over that, to, uh, one of these safeties to come in and play, and I, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't think they're ready to, to, to quit on Macho Harris for sure. I kind of am, but that's fine. Uh, would you consider moving Sheldon Brown? He can hit, he can cover. I mean, if, if you had a corner to replace him in the starting line, would you consider using Sheldon in that spot? I think it's something feasible. Uh, it just seems like the Eagles are reluctant to do it because I, you know, at times I look at Sheldon and I say, you know, he, he can, you know, he's capable, you know, of, of, of playing very well, but then you know he can get get beat at times, and he really didn't play well against the Cowboys in any of those games. Uh, I would be open to him moving inside. I, I think he fits it. I think he's a good tackler. Uh, he would be able to, uh, you know, do a good job covering a lot of those receivers because in different times uh, the the safety and the receiver are down there one-on-one, so I think it's a good idea to look to, uh, you know, go in and have him doing that, have him uh, moving the safety and, and moving somebody else in there. But I, I, don't, I just don't think they have the corner that they would want to put over there, but we'll see. That's my problem. That's my problem is I have a tough time moving him when we got Jose Johansson out there now. Yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, would you consider it, Bob? Would you consider putting Sheldon to safety and – any of you, what corner on the roster would you be most comfortable moving to the starting lineup? Uh, I think I would. Asante. I would do it right now. Asante? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, I think I'd move. Uh, I'd move Sheldon right now. I'd do it this year because uh, I would feel a whole lot better with having Asante out there. Obviously, Quinton at strong, Sheldon at free safety, and Ocelio Hanson starting than having. Macho Harris or Quentin Demps playing free safety for us. I would much rather have Ocelio Hansen on the field playing corner than either of those guys uh, out there at free safety. And I think safety uh, plays to all of Brown's strengths and uh, takes away all of his weaknesses. As a and that's probably what you have to weigh is what's worse, the awful safety play or a better safety play with a not-so-hot corner over there. And – Gee, what's been your experience? Would you rather have good corners? Not, neither of them are shutdown corners. I'm not going there. This is not Osmo and Rivas. Well, I think that, you know, you, you know Sheldon's going to get some chances to make some picks, but the thing that the corners gave you, they gave you a lot of, lot of uh, turnovers. I mean, they, gave, they got a lot of picks. Um, but I, I think that uh, you can't afford to have your safety, though, being a liability because a lot of times when he makes mistakes, you know, the, the ref is putting his hands up, Well, you know. And you you don't need that. You don't need all those touchdowns. They I think they gave up like 28 touchdown passes this year, and a lot of it, a lot of it was those safeties. I mean, 
you know, with all due respect to those guys, Quentin uh, Demps doesn't have the mentality that you need to play safety. And I don't think that, um, that Macho Harris has the physical size and speed uh, you know, to, to play safety, he might have the speed, but he just doesn't. He really doesn't have the size. It's like having a little boy back there in some ways. You know, it's just, it's just not going to get it done. And uh, I think that that the Eagles know that, and hopefully they know that. They got to know that going in, though. And nothing makes the secondary look worse. Let's be honest, than not having a pass rush. You know, you can't get pressure from your front four. You got to start blitzing all of a sudden. That secondary looks pretty bad when they got When they're not very good to begin with, then they have to run around a little bit and try and try and stay with somebody because the pass rush can't get there. Well, you now, know, I think one thing that the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Eagles have got to look at the Cowboys and say, you know, we've got to we've got to take care of some of these matchups. But in so many places, they have a size disadvantage with the Cowboys. I mean, you look at the receivers; their receivers against our defensive backs. I mean. You know, <laughs> You know, all you got to do is, uh, you know, look at Miles Austin. I mean, you know, the, the guy's big, and he just pushed our guys around. Um, you know, some of their other guys, you know, he and uh, Roy Williams, I mean, look at the size factor they got there. Uh, so, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I would think that um, I wouldn't mind having Sheldon in there, getting a few shots at him. But you got to get – they got to improve drastically at the safety spot, though. And, uh, you know, we'll see what they do. Of course, a lot of people are talking about Taylor Mays, but – you know, it's kind of early, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a specimen. Uh, I don't know if he's a good enough player to come in here and step in there and, and do the job there. We'll, we'll have to, I'll just have to keep an eye on him. But everything I've heard you that he can't run. He might be like a Thomas Davis candidate to come in and be converted to, to linebacker. No, I, I, I've heard that one of the things he can do is he can run, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Bob, uh, if you, if he's definitely doing, got the size. All things being equal, there's – you're in the first round of the draft, all things being equal. There's a safety you really like, a linebacker you really like, and a defensive lineman you like. You've got to fix this defense. Where's the biggest hole? Who are you taking? Uh, right now I still think the biggest hole is linebacker. Uh, and it, that would be really difficult if there's a really good, uh, like if there's a guy I really like who I think can play that left defensive end spot, it would be really difficult to draft a linebacker instead of him. But, uh, I just, man, I think you can, you might be able to get by one more year with a rotation over there on the left side, maybe, but with these linebackers, it, they're just not up to snuff. You're, you're just not going to get anywhere with these guys that you have now. Maybe it's because they keep drafting defensive linemen and making them linebackers. Maybe that's Well, you know, the big thing is they, they need to get a, you know, you know, if you get a great player, I think that uh, defensively, if they they can find and they got another, they got a great player. You know, and I'm talking about a guy who, when I say great player, could come in here and start right away and, and contribute. Yeah. Uh, I don't see how they can turn down a guy in that position really uh, anywhere on the defense because you know they could use the help. I mean, if you got if you had a great pass rusher that can play, well, you, you would want to get him. If you had a great linebacker. Uh, you would want you would want to get him, and of course, if you had a great defensive back, you know whether it be safety or corner, you know it, it, you could use him. So well, I think that it's going to be pretty much you know get the best guy on the board. Uh, somebody to do something. Yeah, you know, and it's like they talked about for a while that uh, 
you know, adding these playmakers on offense. We need difference makers. Play, well, it's time to address the defense. They need playmakers. They need difference makers on the other side of the ball. But we got to take a break. We're going to come back and talk some more football. we got Jason Ashworth on the line. He's going to join us, too. We'll be right back. This is G-Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports if you're a fantasy football lover you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial even if you're a novice this could be for you butts and butts along with former nfl linebacker sean barber have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football that's right suicide fantasy football is now available go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details you'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win twenty-five thousand dollars suicide fantasy football is just like the game you know and love with a little twist there's no draft you select a lineup every week and just about every starter from an nfl team is available to you the catch is you only use a player one time each season pick brady tomas for the first week save McNabb and peterson for the stretch run you're the gm of your own team and you make the call here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out there's no lucky draft picks no waiver wire moves because you're in last place it's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. 
All right, we're back here on GCOB in the house. I'm Michael Warren. We are joined by Bob Cunningham, who is a contributor to GCOB.com, and Jason Ashworth is joining us again this week, uh, former producer at Comcast, Fox Reporter, uh, sports reporter. And, Jay, I want to finish up the Eagles talk, and then I want to get into the CBA talk because, you know what, all this football that we love watching could be going away for a while. So, real quick, I want you to tell me your take on the Eagles. We were talking before. Uh, if you had a specific area you could address, what do you think is the biggest problem with this team? Now, I say that knowing there's a bunch because, you know, they got mopped up pretty bad, so they have several deficiencies. What's an area you think it needs to be addressed immediately? Well, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. You have to address defense, and then it just comes down to what positions you're going to address. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think it's common knowledge you have to address safety, uh, linebacker position, and uh, a pass rushing defensive end. Now, I mean, if it's me personally, now I get the argument where you want to say, yeah, okay, you need to dress, uh, or you need to, uh, if there's a player on the board, uh, and this is obviously taking free agency for null and void, if we're talking specifically draft, because you and I don't know who's going to be coming in via free agency, and that will obviously affect the draft. And it's but, thin anyway because of the restricted free agent rule this year, but go ahead. Fair. Um, the point being, if I had to address a position, um, I address defensive end. Uh, when you look at your your safety position, not that it's going to become null and void, but it's certainly uh, there's that rule of the island. And if you're not getting a pass rush while well, you're talking, you're putting your DBs, uh, your safeties, and your corners on a, on an island. Uh, so if you can get a pass rush and defensive end, it's going to take some of the heat uh, off of that uh, free safety position. You were you guys were talking about Macho Harris, Michael. You know, I when season started, I was a Macho Harris fan. And I, I think, know. To be honest with you, he's getting a bad rap. You're talking about a guy who was a corner. Yeah, he's undersized, but he was a corner brought in, thrusted into a starting position that wasn't even his position. So, yeah, okay, great. He's not going to be a safety. He was put in a bad spot. I agree. I mean, he's not going to be a safety in this league. But I, I'm, I'm at least of the ilk. I'm not going to go ahead and just write this guy off that he can't be a contributing member, whether it be a nickel corner. I don't know what the position may be, but I'm not ruling him out of the corner, the corner position. I've been a fan of saying Sheldon. Uh, moving back to safety, I thought that they were going to take a, a more of a look out of it uh, coming into this season. Uh, they obviously didn't do it. I know there were some rumors discussed about it. Uh, they didn't do it. Uh, fair enough, because I think he, I mean, he had a very productive season at the at corner. But you get that pass rush and defensive end, and I, I mean, I think some of your problems just go away. Outside, your linebacker, they're going to get healthy, and much like the offensive line, they'll get better just by getting healthy. Obviously, not the best in the league but uh, certainly certainly enough to where you can afford to address the other two positions first. Yeah, I think it's a good point. You know, a good defensive end and the defensive line is going to make everybody else behind them better. It definitely starts with that. Um, so I also wanted to move on because if you guys have been following this, the CBA and the pending labor issues, this is a big deal. Um, and I can't remember the last time things were getting this bad. I mean, gee, everybody I've, I've talked to that, you know, is somewhat related to the situation, everyone says it sounds bad that the stoppage is coming. What are, you, what are you hearing? Well, you know, of course, you know, I know uh, some information about it I really can't get into because of, uh, you know, sitting in with DeMores uh, Smith and him talking to me as a member of the NFLPA. Uh, but I do know that, you know, he, he thinks uh, there's going to be a work stoppage uh, and that you're going to get, uh, I think, Obama is going to be in it to a degree, uh, uh, and not just him, but the Congress is going to be involved. Uh, they're already working Congress because they think there's going to be a work stoppage, and uh, I think they might go to 
some of the um, Congress, uh, in, you know, in, where the, the NFL gets, gets some sweaty, start sweating their um, um, antitrust. They're antitrust exemption, yeah. So it's going to be hardball, and uh, I can tell you that that um, they there's a lot of money on the line. I would not be surprised at all that there's a work stoppage because you know that the owners are still going to get like fifty uh, billion dollars. Oh well, uh, no, no, five billion. They're going to get anyway, even if they don't play uh, in 2011 or not. So five billion, you know, be something to you know take care of the payroll and everything. Uh, for five billion, so that that's something to think about. Uh, you know, the, the owners are ready for a work stoppage. Let's put it that way. I will based on what you said about D. Smith thinking that that there's going to be a stoppage, and he said he came out uh, recently and he said it's, a, it's virtually impossible if they go into a gun capped year, it'll be virtually impossible to go back to that. Now, Jay, I'll ask you first, and then Bob, I want to get your opinion on this too. Do you think D. is telling the truth? Do you think he, he's got to be aware that with no cap, there's no floor? And that floor is a minimum spending amount. I think, do you think he's just saying that as rhetoric, or do you think he really believes that that's not going to be possible, Jay? Well, it's not going to be possible. Um, I, didn't, I don't, I mean, personally, I'm not a fan of the whole uncapped year to begin with. Uh, I think you're just kind of setting yourself, setting yourself up for, uh, for issues that you're not prepared to handle. And obviously, I mean, we're seeing that. At the end of the day, I was going to ask this uh, to G, I mean, because he was mentioning the hardball and, Everybody getting involved. At the end of the day, I, I personally, I don't think there's going to be a lockout. I think it's a lot of talk uh, to to basically get get things handled, get things situated, and, and both sides are are playing that hardball because there's certain aspects that they want. But at the end of the day, I don't think there is a lockout. Ask me how it's going to get settled. I can't tell you. I really can't. Um, but to answer your question, no, I. I I, I don't see how this uncapped year is going it, to – it's not going to work out well. You can't. You certainly can't go back to a salary cap once you've gone uncapped. Bob, Bob, what says you? You think uh, if they go uncapped, they're going to go back to a salary cap? And, again, keep in mind, the good thing of a cap is that it has a floor. Yeah, I, I just have no idea. And to be, to be honest with you, I'm not paying all that close attention just because I'm not sure you can trust anything that either side says. Because I think I think both, right now. they're both trying to win in the court of public opinion right now, and yeah. it's uh, and it's and a whole lot of talk. That's kind of, so with, I, that's kind of where we're going with this. The whole it's going to there's not going to be a lockout. It's like you just said. It's everyone trying to win the court of public opinion. And at the end of the day, when it comes to playing or not playing, uh, I think both sides know they need to play. They need to be on the field. Because it's going to hurt the sport a lot more. Um, if they don't play in 2011, I think they're going to be surprised at how much support they lose. Uh, when you're talking about the amount of money um, that these guys get paid to, to have, I mean, and, and I'm just talking from a fan's perspective. I'm not talking from a player's perspective. Uh, I think we all know that there's certain, uh, I mean, the CBA needs to change. There's certain things that need to change. Um, but I, I just think you're going to lose a lot of support uh, when you start griping about millions. Gee, is it rhetoric or are we heading south? No, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, you know, I have no idea, but I do know that this is going to be hard fought. Uh, I hope that they settle. I hope it doesn't get to where it's a uh, it's a work stoppage. But it would not shock me uh, because you got hard heads in there, and these guys are used to winning both sides. So uh, nobody's going to be happy with losing, and and realize there are billions and billions of dollars on the line. No, I agree, G, and uh, that's our time. For this week, G, 
Thanks for coming on. Bob Cunningham, thank you. Jason Ashworth and Ben Pavlovic was on earlier from rotokeeper.com. I want to thank everybody. If you're in the Northeast with us, enjoy the snow. We'll see you next week. This is G Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.